0: Holiday.
1: Hey, let's get into this depression. Depression. How broad is depression? How, uh, what's the really the, the seriousness of this this ailment? Let's get into this. This is Joseph Brownlee, a body of Christ, real talk, and it's time. For some real talk. The real talk today, the hot topic today, Espanol, for my Spanish listeners out there, is depression. Without either further ado, I'm gonna I'm gonna just gonna continue on the last segment I made about depression. I can call that depression one. And this is one of my hot topics, which is I think is hot topic number three or number four hot topic, but it's a hot topic. And it's dealing with depression. There's so much to say about this 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 disorder that uh that affects a lot of us around the world, you know, here in America, South America and around the world. You know, there's depression. Depression is very serious. You know, some people are somewhat start depression when they was young for one reason or the other. Some people are depressed because of certain trauma in their life or something happened in their life within their family or outside their family. There's different reasons why depression, you know, you can't pinpoint every single reason. But one thing I can say as a Christian is all caused by the enemy. And real, it's easy for me to blame Satan. And it's also uh, one of the symptoms of our, number two is also one of the symptoms of our dying bodies. Our dying bodies, just corrupt bodies we because of sin. Sin, Satan, sin, and self. I call it the three S's. I'm talking to the church now. You're going to understand where I'm going. I'm talking about the three S's. I like to, this is a name I gave, but this is nothing in the Bible. This is just a little acronym that I gave them. I call it the three S's. And I I like to talk about this when I'm doing, when I used to do my group sessions at the library and I used to talk to people, teach people. I talk about the three S's. Our biggest problem today for the world, not only uh, believers, is Satan, sin, and self. Listen closely, Satan, sin, and self those are our three biggest enemies, Satan, the devil, sin, which affects everybody mentally, physically, and emotionally, and everything, and yourself, your selfish ways, and your selfish things like oh uh selfish things we choose to do in our lives are one of our biggest issues in this life. So let me just put emphasis on that when you talk about depression and anxiety and everything, Satan. Sin and self always the three keys of why we struggle certain things because of our struggles in this body, these dying bodies, because of our sinful nature that brings these elements, these imperfect bodies. So we're gonna have struggles. Satan endorses certain things, he entices certain things, he he, he enters certain people, he depresses certain people, he does all these things for certain reasons. So we have a real big battle out there in the world with those three S's Satan, sin. And self, you know, it don't have to be in that order, but Satan has got to be number one. He's the number one instigator of all this stuff that's going on in our lives. You know, whether we want to accept that, whether you are believer or you're an unbeliever, you know, Satan is the number one corporate enemy of what's going on with different ailments and different depressions and different excuse me. Oh, this every time I get to talking, here we go. I get congested, you know. And uh different things that goes on in our lives today, our lives today, you know, the saved and the unsaved. But the difference between the saved and unsaved is saved, we have the Holy Spirit, thank God, to get to give us the strength and the power to get through a lot of these things. If we allow him. Let me say that again. If we allow him to help us to get through these things and these struggles that we go through. Because a lot of us Christians do go through these struggles that I'm going to be talking about, and mental Ill- illness, and a lot of hot topics I'm going to get into. We It's either around us or it's within us. It's either around us or it's within us. Uh, some of us, a lot of us struggle with some of these issues okay so without either further ado I wanted to get that out there to, you know get that uh, out there another thing you know before I continue my disclaimer is always that I'm not a psychologist I'm not a psychiatrist I'm not a doctor I'm not a physician I'm not licensed and none of that stuff I just use common sense and I just educate people with some of the people that are licensed in some of these areas or they, they have a longer arm or they have a longer research in some of these things and they will let you know they're not claiming that they're your doctor or anything you get your own advice and stuff from your own psychologists, your own psychiatrists, whatever like that but everybody is open to go to the bible the believer mainly to get the best advice you can when it comes to prayer and stuff like that and it comes to reading the bible because there is an answer in the bible we just got to learn how to believe it you say joe what do you mean no no it's more than just reading we have to learn how to believe it and apply it and you know and get the right understanding and know what element is going is is, is for us today because you know that's another. That's an issue about healing, and you know all we have to do is pray this, and it's going to go away. That is not true. That is not true. I'm sorry. To, that is not true. Because if it was, a lot of us have been on have victory through this right now. But that's another teaching. But I just to I just want to let you know if there is a way that as a Christian that we can be able to go through it and tell God give us the ability to, that we can be delivered. We can have victory even through this madness. Even if we carry this madness with us, we still can have victory through this madness, okay? Through depression, through anxiety, through a lot of struggles. But some of them must be dealt with and must be faced head on if we're going to look for total victory. But for the meantime, we got the Holy Spirit is there to guide us through it majority of the time is not going to take it away everything will be taken away we will only have perfect bodies perfect healing anti-depressed and anti-depression when we get our new bodies i'm sorry to tell you that but that's the only way if you hear my stomach growling i'm sorry i don't want that (laughs) but i guess it's time to eat something but anyway you know that's when we're going to be depression free Panic attack free, anxiety free, any kind of ailment free, drug free, pornography free, all this type of sick stuff that's in this dying world where we get our new bodies as the body of Christ, as a Christian, okay? As a Christian, okay? So some things we're going to have to deal with and struggle with, and the Holy Spirit is going to give us the strength to go, go through it, and that's our victory the majority of the time. Okay. All right. Now, what I'm going to get into now, I'm going to get into, uh... Uh, maybe a couple of entertainers because I want to make this broad that you are, if you feel that you don't really want to struggle with depression because you know, you, it's a lack of money. It's a lack of uh, clothing. It's a lack of housing. It's a lack because you don't, you know, you're not, in, because it's a lack of being in the church. It's a lack of faith. I'm going to, Expose that and dispel that because I'm going to let you hear certain people, entertainers, and even some Christians they proclaim Christians that struggle with depression and anxiety. Because all that goes together. All these things I'm talking about, panic and anxiety, all goes together. Depression and mental illnesses all goes together. That's how powerful and how strong it is it. And the enemy does use it to bring us down. The enemy does use it to bring us down down ooh, it's a bad time for my stomach to be growling now while i'm doing the show but anyway i'm gonna let you hear from this young lady this is the entertainment sign of entertainers going through depression i'm not gonna let you hear it all but i'm just gonna let you hear their stories of how they cope with depression and everything like that okay this is from i think her name is taraji p henson and she's going to talk about her living with, uh, this depression and anxiety. And the reason I'm doing this, I want the people that looks at entertainment, that goes to movies and stuff like that, and some of the famous actresses and actors do struggle with depression and anxiety you can understand in hollywood oh my god you can see they, they they struggle with stress and depression and suicidal thoughts and everything and they look so victorious terrorism on on on, on camera because what they're actors they're actresses and they don't you, they don't people don't know about the madness and the stress and the, and the things they go through behind that and a lot of these people are not saved so they even if they can cope with it by not being saved just imagine what a saved person can do huh just imagine what the Holy Spirit within us what victory we have with this stuff so let me get right to this okay let me just get right to this this is Taraji I think I named Taraji I might be pronounced it wrong I'm sorry Taraji P Henson uh, her struggle with you know depression and anxiety
2: disturbing in our community the African American community is that we can talk about a thyroid we can talk about cancer breast cancer AIDS even but we won't deal with the mental and that's an issue
1: That is Taraji P. Henson, active, I struggle with
2: depression and anxiety. I would have to say I realized it about two years ago. I noticed um, the mood swings. Like, you know, one day I'd be up and the next day I'd be down. Feeling like I don't want to go out in public. Almost agoraphobic. Like, ugh, too much to deal with. Uh, feeling really awkward in my skin. Feeling out of sorts, you know. And just down. Like Debbie Downer. Like... A dark cloud and then there would be days where my brain wouldn't stop racing which would I would think of the most worst scenarios in the world <laughs> which would heighten my anxiety and you know people were like you just need to meditate and yoga and things like that and I would do that but my brain would still race for me there was
1: now said my she she's sitting there right on a uh right on the, on the head and I talked about that earlier people mean well Especially friends, but people mean well when you when you're going through something, and you know the majority of the time they don't have the answer because if if the answers what they give you were so simple, they would be able to get through the stress and depression and the mess they get through if it was that easy and that simple. But I know a lot of them mean well, you know'cause everybody a lot of people love to give you a therapeutic answer, and everybody becomes a doctor and everybody becomes a scientist, even through this pandemic and through all this other stuff. it seems like everybody's a science and a doctor now. <laughs> This that's crazy. But, uh, you know, people mean well and everything. Sometimes they, even meaning well doesn't mean it's going to be well for you and everything. But you can understand some of those things that they're throwing out there, May it may work for them. does not mean it's going to work for you. Let me just put it out there. It may work for them. It does not mean it's going to work for you and I. So I just want to put that out there. So don't take this as a formula of being healed. But, you know, just listen to the story.
2: There was no shame when I started to recognize it. Um, it was like that. I had to get some help because I'm the I'm the life of the party. And when I go dark, I go dark. I don't want to leave the house. And my friends started to notice me pulling back. My father, who also had his issues with mental health, was really open about it, um, about his manic depression, but. You know, as I think back, no one else really talked about it. It was hush hush or, you know, he just crazy or, you know, things like that. For my dad, what he needed was a culturally competent therapist. And and it's not even about the skin color or the race. It's about being culturally competent. And the reason why we can't find culturally competent therapists is because at home, in the African-American community, we don't talk about mental health. You know, it's, it's a stigma surrounding it. And.
1: She is so correct about that. Wow, I remember growing up about that when I struggled with my uh whatever I had. I I don't have a name for because I never went to a psychologist or a doctor nothing like that. You know, Uh, I never knew, but I believe uh it's probably had a little autism with my hand movements, my touching my hands, or my my uh exaggerations of seeing things on the wall, and then I feel like I'm out of my body and I'm just going. Going, you know, just mentally, really struggling, and none of my family and a lot of people around me—not no fault of theirs—did not understand it. Did not understand what I was going through, you know, as far that. So, you know, in a black in America, um, you know community, we don't talk about mental illness too much, you know, like the Caucasians and whatever like that. They get right on it sometimes and they do some crazy weird things as you know, but we don't even talk about certain things that our struggles and mental things within our family. It is a stigma, you know, we don't even get into that. We need to do more, but when it comes to mental illness, we blame it on this, we blame it on that and everything. It's a lot of young blacks that don't even do drugs and don't even drink and everything and commit suicide. Youngsters commit suicide for, and nobody understand why. Commit suicide and stuff like that. You know, it's a lot of that. You know, a lot of that is going on in our black community and everything. And she's correct on that. You know, kudos on that, sis.
2: And when you have no one to talk to, what a person usually do is they will try to self medicate. We're just not allowed to be vulnerable. We have to be strong uh all the time. This is four hundred years of damage. 400 years of trauma that we have not dealt with. And the way we deal with it is be strong, put on a strong face. Nothing's wrong with you. You don't have mental health. You're not gay. Don't you know, you're not allowed to be human. That's a lie. (laughs) We hurt and we're suffering. When you think about the trauma the African-American community has been through since we've been brought to this country,
1: we. Hey, what's up, bitch? What's going on? Just yeah. doing a podcast down here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just doing my radio podcast down here. No man, I don't. I don't blame you, bro. I don't, you healing, so. Man, I didn't even know you was here. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, man. I'm Remember doing. Yeah, this is my off day. Usually my off day, I do my little podcast radio. Yeah, well, usually I don't do nothing. Anymore. I usually be at home. <laughs> This is me, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that. I, that's all. I, I don't do nothing, bro. <laughs> all right, man. Well, can, can, just thanks, I just speak to you. Thanks, Benny. Maybe. I appreciate. It. Be safe, bro. Okay, thanks. Okay.
2: We have not dealt with that. And then you get to these microaggressions that are happening right in front of our faces every day on television. Women's sons are being taken from him for no reason at all. And through that, we still have to be strong. How fucking dare you? How dare you? How dare
1: you? I didn't expect that, but that's what you get sometimes when you unedit. I didn't want to get that on here and everything. Maybe I try to find a way to edit it but at the same time, you know, this 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 is what they go through. I don't want I don't like the uh the profanity on here but you know, that's what I'm going to hit. That's going to hit. That's going to happen once in a while. I'm sorry for that. I didn't mean to get that out there, you know, but, you know, somewhere I'm going to try to edit that, you know, far as that I'm going to uh, find out how to edit it and everything. But I'm going to stop that right there because I didn't know all that was going to come out. But I need to be prepared for stuff like that. And she was getting angry. You could see, I believe that the F bomb came out because she was getting angry. And you could see it in her face you know, I could see it in her face, you know, when uh, because she was really, she's really passionate of what she feels. She talked about the 400 years, I guess she talking about the 400 years of slavery. And that's something about as a black community, you know, we and that was a tragic thing. Slavery was really rough and it was really bad on our people. Yes, there's no doubt about that. I'm, I'm with that and everything, but everything is not also, everything is not because of that, in my opinion, it's because of that. There's other avenues because of what we're going through sometimes we can keep ourselves in that slavery mentality sometimes you know and she might disagree or whatever like that that's okay but this is why I'm feeling about this you know And uh but that's her point I'm not going to argue against that I'm not here to talk about slavery or why we go through our depression because part of that is true a lot of that is true while we go through certain things it's because of that part of that but at the same time us in this generation as black men and black women and everything it's not because of that it's because we was told we struggle with these things because of the 400 years of slavery and I just don't agree with that, you know. I just don't agree with a lot of that, you know, but that's just me. But well, anyway, excuse me for the F-bomb, but that's going to happen when you're doing it live on my part and I don't read I should have just replayed this and got it through I, I went so far But I didn't get I didn't get it to her angry part But that's part of the anger that this young lady This actress is suffering through And I know she's going through it Being in Hollywood and stuff like that Let me try to find another clip uh, Of something right there And that was an actress uh, Taraji P. Henson A lot of you that uh, watch her movies She's a pretty good actress as well you know, watch her movies and everything, so let me go to someone else, this is about, I don't know, who is this, Kiki Palmer, I'm going to let you talk about Kiki, here, Kiki Palmer, whoever this is, I guess this is another actress, I'm going to let you hear another, uh, uh, you know, uh, excerpt of these actresses. And some actors, that go through a lot of depression and suicide, you know, and anxiety attacks and panic attacks as well. You know, so I'm going to let you hear her. And hopefully she doesn't Some of these things I'm just not playing myself I'm just listening to it myself And what I should do And I'm still learning podcasts And I need to re-listen and pre-play these things Before I even put it on my, my podcast Because I don't want certain language in there But at the same time, I let it go I just let it go because people' frustration Gets out like a young man And sometimes I just let it go Because this is just real life It doesn't mean I promote the way they talk But it's just real, That's just the way they are, man You know, you got a lot of Christians that still cuss, you know. I'm not promoting that, but that's just where it is when you're angry and frustrated. You throw out some bombs. Okay, this is so we were
4: backstage. At what happens live?
5: Yes.
1: And you know
4: the show's great. And we're partying. Oh my gosh, so fun! Yeah. But when we went backstage, you started talking to me about some deeper stuff happening in your life. Yeah. Some of the anxieties you'd been through. You talked about depression
1: a little bit. Yeah. Where did that all start?
5: Um, I think when I first started noticing that I like had anxiety or that something was. You know, I wanted to start now, her name is Kiki Palmer.
1: Kiki Palmer. Family, she's an so author. I not
5: really express them. I had no a black American from what I felt when I was around um, probably like 15, 14, 15, 16. You know, like those ages is when I really started looking up for ways to describe what I felt. And the words I came across were stress, anxiety mm-hmm. uh, and depression.
4: So the child acting you were doing, which you started around age nine. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh.
5: How did that
1: play
4: into this?
5: Um, I think when... when I'm sorry, I'm
1: she's a, a child actor as well. I'm myself. not too familiar um, with that. Maybe I you are.
5: History. You know, maybe those things just being kind of a part of life was the fact that I was not always able to feel like I was okay to be myself. Yeah. Trying to, having pressure, trying to uh, continue to feel, you know, this personality or idea that people had to me, had of me. That was really uh, hard for me um, growing up.
4: Yeah, the word breakdown comes up. The time
5: where you sort of yeah. At the bottom. hmm um, I think when I was 17, that was the first time I had told my parents, like, I really want to go to a therapist. You know, I'd done some research. And again, coming from where I come from, these aren't things that people are openly talking about. You know, I come from Robbins, Illinois, which is like a very small town. And just.
1: Oh, Robbins, Illinois, next door you know, neighbors here in Chicago. I did not know that. Her name is uh, Kiki Palmer. She is an actress for the ones that want to know who the voice is that you don't hear, but you hear the audio. Her name is Kiki Palmer. She's a black actress and everything. I'm putting emphasis on the color so you can just understand you know who this person is i'm not going to be saying this person is white or this person is black and everything but this is just the, the black um, uh the black american aspect of depression and everything like that you can get into the caucasians as well but we, i'm just letting you know in a black american ethnicity perspective or depression that we suffer through through our lives as laymen as actress and as christians as well okay let's continue
5: just got a gas station a couple years ago.
0: You know what I mean? Like, it's a very, very
5: small town. And so when you're, you know, depressed, you're lazy. You know, when you're angry you know it's not because you've experienced trauma and you don't know how to express yourself it's just you're a bad person so I never had a way to describe these things and so once I finally realized what was going on I said okay I just need to talk to somebody
3: but what happened that made you feel like you're out of sorts was there a moment you realized I gotta turn this around it's not going the right way
5: um yes probably I think it was just a, a, a point I'd hit with my parents and realizing that there was no way I could really communicate with them any longer what I was experiencing and I needed to get outside, I needed to get outside of that, outside of my family structure to really understand the problems that I was going through.
1: One of the beautiful
4: things about you, and I've learned a lot about you over the last few weeks, and this is her book, by the way, it's called I Don't Belong to You.
1: Okay, I'm going to stop there right there because he's going to get into books and stuff like that. I don't want to get into all that, but I just wanted to give you a little picture of uh, her name is Kiki Palmer. She's an actress, and there's a lot of actresses and actors goes through it. I just wanted to put a, put a handle and put a picture on the uh, the black Americans. And the reason they call themselves African-Americans, is okay, but I just consider myself just a black American. I'm black and I'm American, you know. But what I'm I put emphasis on that is because a lot of us black Americans don't talk about mental health a lot. We don't understand depression. Enough. We might use it but we, don't, we need to educate ourselves about what is depression. That's why I started off this series on what is depression, the same as I started off with what is panic attacks, the difference between panic attacks and panic disorders, the difference between anxiety attacks and anxiety disorders, because there is a difference in us as Black Americans. We need to understand that. Everybody needs to understand that, but I believe us Black Americans, we don't educate ourselves or self-educate ourselves on certain things like getting disorders in our And a lot of the problems that sometimes we do and even some of the crimes that some of us black young men, I believe, commit is because of a part of of depression, a part of uh, what they call it, a part of being uh, a part of being. Notice, you want to be noticed, a part of whatever, like that. A lot of young men have young parents themselves, It's like babies having babies. So I believe in the black community, especially the black young men, a lot of this is caused, you know, by stress and depression and everything like that. But I always put it on the number one enemy is Satan. I'm going to keep saying it. The number one enemy, the one, the one, the one, the number one puppet master is always going to be Satan, Satan, sin, and self, sin. Satan, because he orchestrated, he uses the <clears throat> And sin, sin is the corporate. Of all this madness that goes on in our lives. So as a as a uh, as a spiritual way of looking at it and the way God knows what's going on, we look at it as chemical imbalances because of our environment. Yes, that's part of it, because but we gotta remember we a lot of us as black Americans wouldn't be in these bad environments, you know, for one reason or another, whether it was from the Caucasian or whether it's from ourselves that start these things, it's because of the cycle of sin that created this that was started by Satan. Okay. And that's free of charge. I just want to get that out there. I keep saying that because I don't want everybody to think that because of, uh, you know, things that's happening. Things happen bad in life, period, because of sin and Satan, period. Let's just get that off the bat. Things happen in your life, first of all, because of Satan and sin and then yourself. Because most of us are selfish more than what we think. We are born selfish. When a baby come out, a baby come out crying. When a baby gets older, a baby a selfish let me prove that sin is in a child. A child wants their way. They 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 demand their way. They hate for they don't want to hear no. Even when they just eat, they will feed themselves until they bust open. You come out fussing as a child because of that sin nature. It's part of the sin nature. Ailments in children, different deformities in children because of the sin ailment because of the sin nature the imperfect body okay I'm not going to get to that I talked about that in another podcast but my point is I'm talking about the black Americans with depression and anxiety because we suffer more than and sometimes more than the Caucasian than anybody else but we don't talk about it like them and we need to we don't talk about it like them like they do you know they do videos they look into things and everything you know they talk about certain things I'm not saying they don't have these problems they got a lot of issues yeah that Caucasians you know they got a lot of issues and we got a lot of issues but we don't talk about it like they do you know we don't have a get around a family table we might pray and talk about loosening binding and stuff like that but we don't talk about the main issue of mental health and mental struggles i never got that growing up i struggled man man i struggled And once in a while, that struggle comes back and forth, man. I mean, I I struggle, man, with my thoughts. I struggle with my, 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 you know, I'm not so much depressed, but the uh, the anxiety and uh, I don't know what it is, the mental issues. I struggle, bro. I struggle, ma'am. You know, so I know this is real. But like I said, you know, hey, I don't give up. It's because of the power of the Holy Spirit that's in me that get me through these things, church, that gets me through these things, all right? I know. This is a very serious thing. And uh, you know, it's it can be it's sensitive to a lot of people, it's sensitive to myself. But it doesn't make me sad, it makes me grow stronger. It makes me stronger because there is a victory, there is light after this tunnel with the struggles that we go through, okay? Okay, but I'm not going to get into me a lot. I'm going to talk about that in mental illness. But let me try to find one more and just go through there. Okay. Let's see here. I hope this is helping you all just listening. I really hope this is helping you all because it's for educational purposes, you know, not to put you on the couch or nothing like that. It's for edu- educational purposes. Okay, let's go to another one. Let's go to the Christian, you know, or the so-called Christians. I said, Joe, you be, no, I'm not being mean, but I don't, you know, everyone that said they're a Christian, I don't know if they're a Christian, but they they call themselves Christians and pastors. I'm just going to say that they are. I have no proof. But, you know, But that's, that's another story. Let's go to this. And this guy's guy called E. Dewey, whoever this is. And he's going to be talking to a pastor with depression. Let's see what this is about. Now, these I'm just hearing myself, but I'm not going to pay the, pay the whole 29 story minutes. These are story headlines. Pastor just going to who commits
6: on. suicide Sunday stopped man from taking own life weeks earlier. Family pastor of Iowa church commits suicide weeks after lead pastor gave thanks that church never had a funeral in five years.
1: Now, his name is E dewey smith and he's talking about depression and suicide among pastors yes pastors suffer with suicide christians suffer with suicide and depression you know so this is real folks this is real let me continue he's talking about different pastors and uh, and depression or suffer with suicide let's continue
6: grieving pastor commits suicide mom and son watch florida megachurch pastor commits suicide According to the Schaefer Institute, 70% of pastors constantly fight depression and 71% are burned out.
1: Meanwhile, 70%...
6: Wow,
1: I did not know that. Wow. 70%. 70%. Now, this is according to his statistics. I don't know where he got it from. But, you know, just say if it is. I'll just put it that way because I don't have no... This claim, or no proof on this, but he says 70%, you know, it's worth looking into, look at it, look into that yourself. Cause I like to be kind of factual when I do my show, but he says 70%. Wow. That's very high. I didn't know it was that high, but it's warfare. It's warfare
6: church. 72% of pastors say they only study the Bible when they're preparing for sermons. 80% believe pastoral ministry has negatively affected their families, and 70% say they don't have a cl- Now, I
1: want to stop there because he says uh, that percentage, I think he said 70% of the pastors say they don't study or read the Bible until they're doing a sermon. And you might say, really? Yes. I, you know, I went through that. I go through that sometimes, man. Sometimes I can study to say something or whatever like that. And I say, man, I ain't even read the Bible. I ain't even read my Bible. I haven't even studied my Bible. I haven't even prayed. See a lot of things I can tell you about me because I'm trying to help myself and I'm trying to help others with these struggles. When we sometimes we just don't have it all, Christians. We need God's help. I don't have it all a lot of times. Hold up. Okay, that's my sister in law came down. I had to turn it off. Sorry about that. But uh but uh, like I was saying before, uh you know, sometimes it's going to be a distraction coming down because I'm in my family house and everything like that. And I'm, in, I'm doing this in the room. So, you know, I just want my hearers to understand that, you know, I do my podcast anywhere in all kinds of ways. So uh, I had to just stop there because I was a, uh, I got distracted, you know, something they, in the area. They just had to use the area. Well, anyway, you know, yes, it's, it's pastors and Christians do struggle with depression and stress. So let me continue. A
6: close friend. The Schaefer Institute also reports that 80% of seminary and Bible school graduates will leave the ministry within five years. It's not clear how many commit suicide, but it is clear that pastors are not immune to it. Hi, and welcome to Mid South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Today we
1: welcome Dr. Okay, his name is Byron Tyler. I guess he's finna to uh, talk to E. Stewart. I don't know if E. Stewart is the pastor or what. But like I was saying earlier, you know, sometimes we can get so much of preparing for a sermon or preparing for a teaching and don't read the Bible. ourselves. I know that I have done it before. I have done it before. And I'm talking about me. Maybe you don't, but I need some work on that myself. I have done it before and everything. I said, when the last time I read, now I read my Bible every day, but I'm reading a study and there's two different things, church. Reading and studying the Bible is two different things. I read my Bible approximately almost every day. But studying, studying, it's a battle with me studying now, not because I don't want to, because I love the word of God, it's because I'm distracted with two much other junk, let me just put it that way, too much other junk and everything like that i 'm kind of distracted, so I just wanted to get that out there and i'm uh he 's going to introduce you to somebody called I think this is the e do this this is twenty nine minutes long, but i 'm not going to do the whole twenty nine minutes I just wanted you to hear that, so i 'm not going to even finish that if you want to hear more about the struggles with pastors or suicide among pastors, go to YouTube and look for e Dewey Smith talks depression and suicide among pastors. Search for E. Dewey Smith talks depression and suicide among pastors. Yeah, I'm not going to play all of that. I'm just, because of time constraints, it's not like I said, it's 29 minutes long, and I just wanted to give you a taste that pastors does struggle uh, with stress and depression, as well as laymen, and as well as, as we would call ourselves, regular folk, you know, regular folk. So, uh, let me go to uh one more here. This is uh Pastor Perry Noble battles depression, and let me I'm just letting you know you can find all of these on YouTube Perry Noble, so you can listen to the whole outtakes on their struggle and battles. I advise you, you know, or oh, I recommend that you do that to get the whole gist of what I'm what I'm going with this. So let's go to uh uh Perry Noble here.
7: I remember sitting across the table from her and saying, Church is bigger than it's ever been. Uh, Our daughter's beautiful and healthy. Our marriage is good. In the world's eyes, I'm successful. And I hate my life.
3: The pressures of pastoring were taking a toll on Perry Noble. He was overwhelmed, but not willing to admit that he was struggling with anxiety and depression. Instead, he kept working at a fast and furious pace. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going.
7: And my attitude was, I can do this because I'm Superman. I can do anything. I mean, I can preach seven you know days a week, I can do all this stuff. I really was a control freak during that time period. Like I wanted I wanted control of everything.
3: But this super pastor could no longer mask his depression and anxiety. Perry was preaching when he suffered the first of several panic attacks. So I started sweating,
7: and I couldn't control my breath. felt like my chest was closing in. I literally walked off stage and handed my keys to a friend of mine and said, please drive me home. I can't drive.
1: Now, you know, I know we're talking about depression, but like I said earlier, anxiety and panic attacks, all that is part of depression. I'm just singling out each one because, yes, depression and panic attacks are separately because there is a different, and some of them, depression brings a different type of symptom of panic attacks. A panic, panic attack is more like, you know, you're, you're wired about something. You're really afraid of something. Depression is more like a downer. A, a anxiety is more like an uppy, uppy, uppy. Anxiety, you're pumped up for no reason. You're scared of certain things. Depression is more of a downer and sluggish. But they all lead to the same thing. A anxiety and panic attacks lead to depression, or depression can lead to anxiety attacks, you know, something like that. So that's why I'm just throwing it out there. So that's part of depression. Too, panic people that suffer depression could suffer from panic attacks and anxiety.
3: Perry then started having suicidal thoughts. They began one day while he was sitting at a stoplight.
7: It'd be awesome if they didn't stop and they just ran the red light and they hit me and they killed me and I wouldn't have to deal with this anymore. Then one day it hit me, well, if nobody's gonna kill me and I wanna die, maybe I should just kill myself. I realized I had a problem when I started thinking about ways to do it.
3: For years, Perry had been telling others how to fix problems like this. Now he tried taking his own advice. And I'm like, well, I guess
7: I need to pray more. I need to read my Bible more. I need to be more involved. I need to get more involved in spiritual disciplines.
3: Perry felt like he was doing all the right things, but still nothing changed.
7: I wanted him to change my circumstance, but he wanted to change me and he wanted to change me through my circumstances.
3: Perry realized he couldn't fix this on his own. He went into counseling where he faced painful childhood memories, the loss of his mother, an abusive father. he had spent most of his life working to gain others' approval, even in his role as a pastor. I was still in a performance
7: mindset. I still believed that the bigger the church got, the more God loved me and the more he would approve of me. And I had worked so hard for God, not realizing that the thing that He wanted me to do is walk
3: with Him. Perry says through counseling, God began to heal the broken places in his heart. He also realized he had been neglecting the Sabbath rest. Here's reality, every pastor in the world,
7: and it doesn't matter if they have 10 people or 100,000 people coming to their church, is under significant spiritual pressure. What pastors do is they adopt a pace in life that's so unsustainable. I remember telling somebody um, when they confronted me on my pace early on, they were like, well, you know, you're, you're going too fast, you're going too hard. And I was like, well, the devil never takes a day off. And he was like, well, maybe the devil's not supposed to be your example. Maybe like Genesis 1, where God
3: took a day off, should be the example that you strive for. Perry talks about his battle with anxiety and depression in his new book, Overwhelm. Today, this type A pastor is intentional about resting, spending time with family, and just having fun. Learning to take...
1: Okay. Pastor Perry Noble. I've never heard of him. Maybe you, uh, some of you have, but that's just one of the examples of the struggles that pastors, you know... Clergies even go through and the church and the body of Christ. We, we, we struggle. And now, sometimes we bring stuff on ourselves. We bring this type of pressure on ourselves because we try to do so much in the name of God. You know, we try to do so much. And I'm talking to the body of Christ now. We try to do so much in the name of God. You know, we go to church. Uh, you know, we, we always at church. You know, church as in the building. As in works. And we do so much works because we're trying to please God. We might not admit that, but we're trying to please God. We're trying to do so much, you know, to win brownie points or whatever like that, you know, different things. And we're doing it. A lot of us do it from uh, with a sincere heart in mind. We really do it to try to please God, you know. But like he was saying earlier, you know, he's trying to do so much for God. And God, all God wanted him to do, according to him, is to walk with him. And that's all God wants us to do is just walk with him, listen to him, obey his ways of obeying. You know, Paul talks about a lot of uh, things that what we should be doing in his letters. The Apostle Paul talks about a lot of these things that we should be doing, and mostly in his 13 epistles. Some of them are more general to the believers. They're only for the believers. We have instructions through the Apostle Paul that what we should be doing, but a lot of us like to go back and, and pull out the Old Testament and wonder why it's not working because they're not for us. But, you know, the letters of Paul is basically for our you know, it's like a mandate for us, not because of our salvation, but because of our walk that we need to be doing. We need to just go back there. Sometimes we just ask pastors, as ministers, as evangelists, we're everywhere in the Bible. And that's that could be part of the problem too. And I'm talking to the believer. We're everywhere in the Bible. We're pulling scriptures out of context and verses out of context, and we're pulling what well, from Israel. We're trying to bring it and trying to create our church and trying to create our surroundings. We're doing certain things and rituals that was only for back pa- <coughs> excuse me time past for Israel. We're trying to bring it today, and that bring and we're trying to fulfill. Things that only the Holy Spirit can do that he was doing back then. Let me say that again. A lot of times as Christians and pastors, we get ourselves depressed and anxiety in in these kind of situations because we're trying to pull a rabbit out of the hat that was only used back for Israel and wondering why it's not working today. So we're trying to man make it and man do it. And it's not working and it brings stress and depression. And sometimes we blame God sometimes some ministers and pastors blame God or one for me today, you got one church here, you got another church in another country you got this church over here, but you saying it's God, but you stressed out people stressed out, it's not enough money you got these mega churches and you bring a lot of that depression and anxiety on yourself, this is another problem that you can bring this stuff on yourself some people are born and struggle with these things, some people bring these things on themselves because of certain traumas in their lives, you know you know, know, it, it hit a At a certain point, where they bring it on, you could bring it on yourself. You could struggle with these things, younger. I don't know what started. I believe it's something started my struggles. Something started my struggles, you know, so I stopped medication with gangs. I stopped medicating with marijuana and drinking and stuff like that, you know, because I wasn't comfortable in my own shell. So I started smoking pot. And I love smoking weed I more than I did drinking. You know, I drank, I smoked weed, I done all this stuff. I didn't, you know, I got into a gang, something I thought I'd never do because I was brought up better than that, you know. And I was brought up in a, uh, you know, a, a Christian home, a Christian, Christendom teaching, and everything like that. You know, so I knew better. But I medicated myself by getting high. I medicated myself by drinking. And people need to understand today why they, they, just said, why do people get high? Why do people drink? It's something. It's a reason why you do. How come you're not just satisfied with just being yourself? Hmm. You ever ask a question why? The person I used to drink or even drink today. And I'm going to get into drugs and alcohol and all that, man. That's another hot topic I'm going to get into. And I'm going to, I'm really going to get into that. Excuse me. Because the question people don't ask is the why do I drink? And I ask those questions to other people. Why do you smoke marijuana? Why do you drink? Why do you do drugs? Why do you, you know, do these things? You know, sleep with so many women. Why do you watch pornography? There is a reason why we struggle. There is a reason why we choose to do those things. And it has to. Number one corporate is Satan. He hits those spots that he knows we are weak in. But there's always a reason why a certain environment do the same things. Why are these young men. You know, and I'm talking about my black young men. Why all of them just looking alike? They walk alike. They dressing like the pants sagging everywhere. You know, they're doing this. They're looking alike. You know, they're smoking a they, they Why? It's a reason why. I don't know every reason, no. But there is a reason why. You don't just come out of your uh, mother's room and start smoking pot. You don't just come out your mother's room and start snorting. You don't just come out your mother's room and just start committing, you know, going sleeping around fornication and everybody. You don't come out their way. It's something that triggered it. Sin. Number one is sin. Let's look at the spiritual power first. It's sin. Number two is Satan. See, as I believe you must always remember that. The biggest Y's that's causing this is the two S's, sin, Satan, and he got to say self. That's why I keep putting emphasis on that. Sin causes a lot of these issues. First of all, all these bad things and evil things and drugs and killing and murder is sin. Who's the corporate? Who's the orchestrator? Who's the puppet master? It's Satan. I don't care how evil these these people that's going on in politics and in the government. And there's a lot of wicked ones out there. It's demonic activity that's causing them and sin. Those are the two mighty powers out there: Satan, sin, and then yourself. Okay. But I want to just I want to keep that right there because you can know the spiritual. It starts spiritual, then it, it affects us physical. It starts spiritual, then it affects us physical. Why these things are going on? That's that's the answer to the why, first of all. But a lot of doctors and psychologists don't believe in God. They don't believe in the devil. So they try to look at everything with medicine and chemical and balances to try to figure out the activity that goes on in your brain and don't know the master, puppet master, is Satan. And the main reason why a lot of things happen to our bodies, these things you're looking for, is because of sin. The imperfect body. Okay, that's another teaching. <laughs> well, anyway, I hope you feel where I'm going. I'm going to stop that right there. What is depression? We talked about that. Then we talked about the signs of depression. We talked about that. Okay. Then we, uh, you know, we talked about symptoms. We talked about signs, you know, and uh, stuff like that. I'm going to do one more about a pastor. And so you can just really get it in and you. Uh, uh, this one is a pastor that's uh, burned out because of depression. You know, you wonder why pastors get burned out, but I'm going to hear a little bit of his story and let you hear it, okay? Let's let's go there. Okay, I turn, turn back on, but this is a pastor. I guess this is a pastor that's uh, somewhat was depressing burnout i just want to hear a little bit of that then i want us to talk about what it could be some of the two
4: years okay 22 years now at some point you started I'm to experience that. burnout which of course is really common among um, leaders How, what did burnout feel like well i think i really didn't understand what burnout Really felt like because um, I just was just going, 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 Mm. and I thought that it was just part of ministry that I was tired and uh, uh, I would just continue to go. Um, You know, there's uh, there's a a thought uh, that you kind of burn out for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, well, of course. You know, you want to make maximum impact. And so it never and Jesus really would be pleased the more you burn out. Yeah, well, that he would be pleased the more that, that you're doing. And so I never really saw it as necessary.
1: Now, you hear that. Like I was saying earlier, sometimes we try to do so much for Jesus because we think we're pleasing Jesus. You know, we're going back to works. We're going back under the law when we do that and don't even know that we are being burnt out. Because people did go around talking about, you know, it's okay to be burnt out for Jesus. No, Jesus don't he done everything already on the cross. We're under grace. He done everything already on the cross. We don't need, we, yes, we go out there and we do it because of Christ, but we, God is not looking for you to burn yourself out. We need to get out. This works because we start going back to the law mentality of things. And then we burn ourselves out. It's not God doing it. It's ourself. That's part of the Satan sin, and what else did I say? Self. This is really a selfish thing that we do. We're trying to please Jesus, and we're trying to please our flock. We're trying to please people around us by doing so much, doing so much, and the next thing you know, somebody trying to be like you, they're trying to do this, and everybody getting burnt out, they getting broken, and they getting disgusted, and you know, far as So, we need to stop trying to please God about what we need to do to please them. God is already, the only way you can please God is sit in By him sent his son and you. You will be rewarded for the genuine work you do down here, winning souls to Christ. Not big, in, not building big mega churches. Not trying to please God by burning out and doing so much that brings depression, that brings anxiety, and that brings suicide. You start getting so big, you start getting into uh, premarital affairs and adultery and stuff like that. You know what? You wonder why you you're doing all this for God, but you're still struggling with pornography. You're still struggling with drugs and all kind of stuff, man. This pastor, you knew heard of Zachary Tibbs, Zachary Tibbs. I had no idea that that man was doing drugs and even having an extramarital affair and everything you know as far as that and when he uh when he overdosed that was uh, not so much shocking but Zachary Thames uh, I think Paula white uh, is in his church now. Is pastor of his church now. But uh, his name was Zachary Thames, and he was struggling, you know, in his marriage. And I'm not saying that to put him down, because I, I struggled two divorces, so I know it's a it's not a good thing. I, I'm, not, I'm not knocking him for that. That people that had divorce, because I've been there twice, you know, and I had I've done a lot of wronger mistakes in my my uh, my marriages. But anyway, he struggled with that. He, but he was struggling, in the, I I wouldn't have had no idea that he he done cocaine, you know, for I wouldn't have had no did, and maybe he was high even when he was ministering that there. because that's a hard thing to break For but I, I've never done cocaine, I have done other things, you know, but I've never been addicted to any drug, I've been addicted to other stuff, you know, you know, and I'm getting to that later on down the line, but I've never been addicted to any drug, you know, I took drugs, but I've never been addicted to it, as far as I know, but you know, we can be burnt out and struggle and have all these things going on, in the name of pleasing God, burning out for Jesus, no, we don't burn out for Jesus, you don't need to burn out for Jesus, you can. You are we not pleasing him he already took care of everything on the cross our righteousness is the we don't have a righteousness that please god it's the righteousness of christ that pleases god it's christ's righteousness it's not our righteousness or our goodness or our works it's his righteousness you know we do good works because we're righteousness through the, we are righteous made by christ we don't do good works to try to please god let me say that again. We don't keep doing good works and burn ourselves out, you know, that to please God. God is already pleased with us already through His Son Jesus Christ. By believing in His Son. Okay. Let me let me get off there. Let me try to hear a little bit more. Okay.
4: Necessarily burnout. Uh, I just saw that maybe I was just a little bit more overactive than. Uh, than the average, the average person. But eventually, it started to take a toll on you. It, it did. One of the things that I, I noticed that started to happen was my my emotions you know i would be easily frustrated uh, i would uh, find myself uh, being uh, a little bit more angry i i would i was losing concentration um my sleep was lacking uh, i would go to bed and my mind would be racing i uh, um, i would start experiencing insomnia um and, and so that was one of the things that that started giving some indications but again I really didn't think much of it because I was really busy. I was traveling. I was, you were uh, was pouring active. yourself out for Jesus. I was, I was. And, you know, it's funny, the comments that my... My wife used to say when we, uh, when we first uh, got married, she'd say to me, everything kind of rolls off of you like water off a duck's back. Um, but that had changed. Mm. Like everything became somewhat of an irritant, uh, Mm. after a while. And so again, the definition of burnout wasn't something like, well, here are the five things. It was just, hey, I, I feel tired. And I think that was probably more so the feeling that I had was a, a feeling of tiredness. Or a term know. that I use a lot is, did you notice a sense of struggle? Uh, you know, actually, I, I didn't at first because, again, I was so active. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe and I you were using it as a treatment. By staying active, you wouldn't uh, be left alone with your thoughts. Well, and, and that's what I was going to say was that I think the adrenaline of being active was what was carrying me through. Mm-hmm. And there was never a point of um, being on a low, except for when I went to bed. Mm-hmm. When I went to bed, that was when I was left with my thoughts mm-hmm. because I'm, I was going from-
1: Ooh, that is so true. That is so true in my life, you know, when I, when I done ministry. And, you know, and the danger of doing that, when you do ministry, sometimes the people will lift you up and sometimes you got to watch that. And it's OK for them to give you a compliment. But when they start lifting you up and they start, hey, Joe, you never I used to hear that word. See, like you never get angry stuff like that. I used to tell people, oh, yes, I do. I might not show it a lot, but yes, I do, because it's build up. Because it's buildup, and people can look at you. You know, he said his wife said things just roll off of you and everything. You know, and sometimes you know, you know, people would think that that things just roll. Things never upset you, but the majority of the time, yes, it does. We just don't react the same way. I don't react like you. I don't react like somebody else. But things does bother me. And another thing, when he said, you know, you can do, I, I'm gonna talk about me. 'cause I like to bring me in. when I when I do ministry or when I do something like that, I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm on top of the mountain. Like you got some entertainers that does that. You know, I'm on, I'm out there. I'm doing a ministry. You know, I'm fine. But it's when I get by myself, when I start seeing a real me. That's is the battle. And still today sometimes that's my battle when I get along. If I don't start praying and meditating and praying, I'm going to think the wrong thoughts and I'm going to get depressed and I'm going to get down and everything like that so yes he is he is very on the key on that and i I struggle with that quite a bit going from
4: morning to evening i had appointments that i had in the evening you know staff meetings and all those different activities that was was happening prepping for sunday morning but it was when I went to sleep, when the kids went to bed, when, you know, that I would lay there in bed and um, I would, my thoughts would be consuming me. And it would fill with negative thoughts more mm-hmm. than positive
1: thoughts. So at what point did you realize that this was more? Yes. I'm going to end that right there, you know, because the time straight, but yes. A lot of you can relate to that. I know I can. Uh, a lot of you can relate to that. And what I do on the show, I like to be real and I like to be open. No, I don't need to tell you everything. No, I don't need to get into details about my, my secret sins or my secret struggles. No, but I can be transparent about you that I do struggle with things that's not pleasing at all to me or to God. You know, to me or to God. You know, and I want to be pleasing to God. You know, Father's dead, but I just want to. I do this show to be open, to be transparent, and let you know. Uh, like this minister used to say, and it's something I do. agree with T.D. Jakes on this even though as a lot of things I don't. I agree with him on this when he said you got to let some people see your wounds. You got to let the people know that you do have some type of wounds you know. You don't have to get into detail because everybody talk about your business and they they, they take it the wrong way and they look at you funny. They don't want to be around you. But you got to let some people know that you do have some wounds. You don't have to tell them everything but you have certain scars and that'll help them to open up and help them to, 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 to be strong and stuff like that and everything so you know, we need to do that, you know, as believers, you know, we need to do that. Okay, I'm gonna stop that there. Now you heard from laymen, you heard from people probably people that struggle with depression around you. You should have some type of idea what depression is. If not, just Google it. I can't tell you everything here. It takes too much. It takes hours and hours of time. But you have to do your due diligence. You know and look for this stuff yourself. If you're interested, you need to know what's going on within yourself spiritually and uh you know and, and earthly on this earth because it is about you know far set you know, and you need to search these. Th- I'm just giving you. a I do uh, uh, a head start for you to start searching these things out yourself And finding some help Whether it's from psychology, from, from Christian Psychologists, my first preference For the believer, if not just find some type Of psychologist or someone you could talk to You know and just, just air out Because sometime, sometimes you just need to air out About your struggles or whatever it is But we're talking about depression right now I'm getting into mental illness You know on uh, ending this Mental illness and suicide I want to get into Maybe a little autism you know And uh, uh, I want to talk about that on the next segment, but you want to know right now what are some of the healing or things that you can do about uh, depression? I advise you to start googling, and YouTube. I'm not like I said, I'm not your psychiatrist. psychologist. You know, I don't have a lot of answers to that. I can, I can, you know, uh, recommend certain YouTube. Channels and stuff like that. Oh, my congestion when I get to talking and stuff like that. But my main, my main recommendations for you is to start YouTube and certain things. Because I don't think I have anything that you have not heard of that you can do. As far as your, know, uh... You know, send a psychologist or uh, some people need to see a psychiatrist, you know, if you can afford it or they got free programs as well. Some people go to medications, you know, if that's what you want to do. But I I would not recommend medication, especially for the Christian, the body of Christ or whatever like that. But, uh, you know, there is different ways that you can cope with depression and get somewhat free of some of this madness that you're going through. You know, you know that you and I that struggle with, but I just want you to know, as a Christian, as the body of Christ, our number one relief medicine is the Bible and prayer. Our number. One relief answer is the Bible and prayer. There's different things that we can do dealing with depression. It's mostly the same thing you can do with dealing with uh, anxiety and panic attacks. The only difference panic attacks you can do certain exercises and you know different things like that to cope with it, the breathing, uh what being around certain people, the rocking was for me. I rock back and forth for panic attacks. But depression is a powerful baby, especially deep depression. This deep depression, I always remember deep depression is when you go you have these same symptoms that they, they talked about you go back and check this out at least over two weeks that mean you were depressed and that's the danger zone because you know that can lead to a lot of other ailments you know clots in your brain and different ailments in your back heart attacks and different things whatever like that depression can lead to even suicide suicidal thoughts to even suicide it, it, depression can does a lot of things you know I mean it, it, it can so <clears throat> it's things for the Christian to do you know mainly pray Get around other uplifting believers, read your Bible, study your Bible, and do the best way you can. That's the number one medicine for us as believers. But other things, we can go see a psychologist, preferably, preferably a Christian psychologist that really loves Jesus and going to give you the biblical perspective well as the uh, scientific perspective of your symptoms or your struggles that you're going through. But also remember this, that a lot of things that we go through is also demonic, it's also demonic and it's warfare. Now, for the believer, I don't believe a, a believer can be uh be possessed by a demon, but I believe he can be oppressed. So, some of it is spiritual warfare. It's oppressed. Oppressed bring a lot of these symptoms too. Sometimes we just need to pray and pray and pray against these certain things that and go against that's going against us. It's warfare. So, a lot of this is spiritual warfare. Now, for the unbeliever, sadly, to say some of them are possessed. You have possessed and they're really depressed and they're possessed by evil spirits because you don't have the shield. You don't have the rejuvenated spirit or the protection of the Holy Spirit to keep that demon from getting in you and everything. So it is still demon possession going on and it's still demon t- depression going on out there. Like I said, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a psychologist, but but from a biblical standpoint, there I know about that much that it is a lot of demon and activity going on and the unbelievers and a lot of people are possessed Possessed and are possessed by demons and are really struggling because they're oppressed and possessed by demons. But that's another teaching. Okay, this is Joseph Brownlee, a body of Christ. Real talk. There's a lot of things I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna uh, recommend that you go to YouTube and you look for different exercises. Yourselves. See, I want to give you the thing I want to give you the chance to do this yourself. I'm not going to be looking for everything for you. I'm going to give you some different causes and what causes and stuff like that. But these uh, symptoms <coughs> and uh, ways to deal with depression is out there. You know before I get too much deeper, if you go all the way to suicidal thoughts, yes you need some help very seriously you need to talk to a doctor, you need to talk to a a psychologist, talk to someone that you have these type of thoughts the last thing you want to do is hold it in and keep it to yourself the enemy would love for you to do that because, you know, there's a chance you might not make it, so the enemy would love for you to do that if you're having suicidal thoughts, for the believer for the unbeliever, the same thing if you are not saved, you never gave your After Christ is more of a struggle for you when you have depressed and suicidal thoughts. Please, please, talk to someone. Please talk to someone. Call someone. You know, I don't know if they got suicide hotlines. They got drug hotlines or overdose hotlines, but they probably got suicide hotlines too. Talk to someone. You know, talk to someone. If you're not a praying person, talk to someone, you know, that you're having these type of thoughts so that you can get some help. You know, every, medication is not everything. It might subside it for a little bit, but my recommendation is not medication. But that's your choice. Just be careful. Just be careful when, you, when you're doing that stuff, okay? But if there's other exercises you can do or just getting around somebody, sometimes it's what all somebody just needs is to be around somebody, okay? But my, my number one thing is for the unsaved. And this is very important unsaved is to get saved. Give your life to Christ by believing what he done on the cross. He's the one can get you get you through all this. Believe in his death, burial and resurrection. According to first Corinthians 15, one and four. Once you believe that you will be saved, your sins have already been dealt with. That don't mean you won't sin no more. That mean that don't mean you don't still have a sin issue. That just means that God is not charging you with sin. That's all that means, but you still need to be saved. So you could take care of the three S's this way. Take care of Satan when you give your life to Christ by believing what he done on the, on the cross. Another way Christ died on the cross would take care of sin. Okay, it took care of your sin already on the cross. Okay, so your sin nature has been taken care of. Your 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 penalty of sin has been taken care of. Okay, already on the cross. That's number two. That's taken care of on the cross already. Yourself, you can deal with certain things and certain scriptures in the Bible and certain ways to pray, you know, in your dispensation that can be dealt with. When you are a believer. So there's a a hundred much much better chance. Of you getting through this. When you're a believer. Than you're an unbeliever. But don't get me wrong. There's still a lot of Christians. That struggle with depression and anxiety. And still Christians that commit suicide. Yes. But the only difference is. They're still going to heaven. A person asks a little Christian. Is it a sin to commit suicide? (laughs) Excuse me. Now this is the answer to that. If. Sin, if our salvation was based on sin, then yes, there will be a sin for you to commit suicide and you won't make it to heaven if our salvation was based on sin. But our salvation is not based on sin. He said, Joe, what you mean? Our sins was already taken care of. God does not see sin in you. Now, he sees the junk that you do, the sins that you commit. Yes. He still don't like that and because you say about grace don't mean you freely commit sin no we don't get that but he's not charging you with sin but sin still brings a certain penalty to you that you can lose your life early and you can go home early as a Christian because of your lifestyle you know maybe maybe you drink or maybe you struggle with other things maybe whatever because of your or drugs if you still struggling with that not saying you're not saved you can cut your life short and still go to heaven you will have less rewards you know because you never really talked about nobody in Christ but you will still go to heaven but your sins will not be you will not be judged on your sins so if you commit suicide as a Christian today, yes, you still will go to heaven because you're not getting judged by your sins. Now, for the unbeliever, they're not getting judged for their sins either if they commit suicides. No, God is not judging you for your sins because you committed suicide. It's just me because your sins have already been dealt with too as an unbeliever. You are going to be judged because you're unbelief of not accepting his son as your Savior and believing that your sin was taken care of by believing in Jesus. Believing it is the important thing that your sin was taken care of by believing in this death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I know that's too much for the unbeliever, but I'm trying to explain that to you the best way I can. Your sins is not blocking you off from getting to heaven. It's your unbelief of believing what Jesus done on the cross is death, burial, resurrection. So the resurrection. So if you commit suicide, and I, I'm not saying, please don't I hope not. If you got, please get some help for that. You will still go to heaven, but you don't want to go that way. You don't want to go that way. The unbeliever, and brother, you commit suicide or whatever like that, you still will go to hell because you never accepted Christ in your life. Not because of your sin, because of your unbelief. Okay. I hope I say that plain enough. People might not agree with me, but they need to read the Bible more. You know, they need to look at certain issues of what really happened on the cross, how much the cross, the cross took cause the whole world seeing, not just Save people. It took care of the whole world's sin. The only difference is that saved people are going to heaven, you know, while the other ones that got their sins took care of is going to hell if they don't believe in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's our belief in him against their unbelief is the difference between salvation and unsalvation. The sins have been dealt with dealt with, with the whole world. Bam. I'm saying B-A-M, not D-A-M, B-A-M as a BAM. I had enough cussing on this already with that F-bomb. So (laughs) I'm sorry for that. This is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. Search for these things that you can do to take care of depression. If you want more information on how to deal with depression, I will try to find the best way, things that I can, that's dealing with depression. But look those things up. You can Google it. You can duck-duck to it, duck-duck-go it. You can look on uh, YouTube. There's different ways, that exercises that you can deal with depression. But just do it now, church. Do it now, unbeliever. First of all, unbeliever, please get saved give your life to christ that's the most important thing in your life now and that's the most important thing god wants you to do is for all men and women to be saved and then you can learn and come into the knowledge of the truth this is joseph brownlee this is my series on depression the next thing i'll be talking about is suicide how the suicide and depression go together stay tuned for that because that's going to be very sensitive as well as the other ones. You know, look this stuff up yourself. I'm going to let you look it up. Find these things yourself. Look for these different um, pastors and what they've done and everything like that. You know, go and uh, look for those things. Look for pastors that's going through suicide. I mean, and depressing and the dep- depressed or anxieties and, tr- and try to find out some of the things that they was doing and try to find out what is the solution of the depression I'm going through. Because you're not alone, okay? You're not alone. Let us pray. Father, right now, I just want to pray for all of us. I want to pray for the church today, Lord. Pray for us because we struggle with so many things. I know I do, Father. I just need your continued strength, Holy Spirit, to help me through the the, uh, the things and the stress and the depression and other things that I struggle with that I go through even today, Father. Strengthen us. Help us to come together as, <coughs> as the church, as... <coughs> Ooh, my sinus as the body of christ help us lord bring us through this and father in the name of jesus i pray in your holy name amen excuse me for all those crazy sounds but i, I have a really congested sinus problems and it mainly happens when i i talk so you hear those gross sounds i am very sorry i don't i don't like that on my show but you know I, it's just part of my my other problem physically that i struggle with when it comes to congestion and sinus and my nose god bless you i love y'all this is Joseph Brownlee. This was Real Talk Body Christ, Real Talk. God bless you. Stay tuned for the next, the continuation of Mental Illness when I will get into suicide and mental illness, another hot topic. God bless you. Bye bye. Love you all.
0: Peace out. holiday.